why do movies suddenly appear every time you're on just like movies they want two movies we watch some films and we're going to talk about them me and dan that's what the show is going to be hi everybody <laughs> that was what? brilliant what's wrong brilliant. There's oh nothing oh wrong. okay okay thank you thank you i was just so taken aback by like how just, good my singing voice well, is that and like just the idea behind it just yeah wow. mm-hmm. yeah i'm an innovator <laughs> yeah anyways uh so yeah this is the indie film review but for today's episode it's the catch-up it kind of isn't it's a catch-up episode this is a relaxed fit this is a loose goose okay this is where Dan and I, we're just going to talk about films that we've seen. They might be indie. They might not be indie. And we're going to shoot that proverbial shit to death. Okay. That's what we're going to do. You ready, Dan? So I got three films to talk about, Jared. How many films do you got to talk about? I got three films to talk three about. Three films each. Oh, boy. Yes, right. Jared, I don't have any... Qu- I love how we don't have questions. Yeah, there's no questions. Fuck questions. What are questions? Oh shit, that's a question. Who wants oh, to go first? Fuck. Like who's who I want to go last because I think my my story is going to be like the Better? story of the podcast. Yeah. Wow. Wow, Dan. So that would mean you go first, right? You me, you me, you me. Yeah. And Dupree, yes, fine. I guess so since you you're don't the understand. Headliner. You don't understand. Like I would normally go first, but I think that my my story is worth headlining. Unbelievable. I mean, well, you haven't heard my uh, balloon. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have a story. And it's uh, not even my story. I'm just going to rehash what I've read in three articles. No, no, no. So. I'm just being silly. Uh, cut cut out maybe the first five seconds. Or last. Cut all this. Fuck you. Uh, okay, so <laughs> my film that I'm bringing, the first film is Mark, Mary, and Some Other People. That's the, that's the name of the film. Wow, okay. <laughs> I think it is an indie film. I'm not sure. It is written and directed by Hannah Marks. Uh, This is a lovely, interesting, funny, strange film. Um, It is about Mark and Mary have a whirlwind romance. I mean, and they decide to get married within like six months, maybe sooner. And they're just... The chemistry between these two actors is fantastic. We have mm. Ben Rosenfield as Mark and uh, Haley Law as Mary. They are I've never I've never seen them in anything else. They're amazing. I want to see them in everything now. Okay, I'm fucking obsessed with these two. I'm seeing it's directed by Hannah Marks. Uh, yes. So the film covers something that normally does not get covered in a film is oh. where two people love each other very much. And one of them is like, you know what? I feel like we got married so young. I do love this person so much. What if we started to become swingers? What if we started to see other people but keep this relationship afloat? Mm. And that's what the entire film is about. And it goes through a fucking roller coaster of just doing that. And the drama is there. The comedy is there. This film is gorgeous. Everything is so slick. Uh, it seems like they had a budget for this movie. I can't praise it highly enough. I mean, there is some dark shit in this. And I just love how, like, the up and downs of it go uh, and, and and go and flow. 
Yeah. Do you have any questions for me about this? Oh, see, you thought there weren't going to be any questions, Dan. You were fucking wrong. Okay. So my question to you is, does it get tense at all? Like with the, the relationships? Oh, yeah. They they go to see one of the character's aunts who's like been in an, uh, an open relationship and they try to like get tips from her. And it starts off with like one character doesn't want to do it at all. And the other character really, really wants to do it. And it's like, you know, it's kind of insulting, right? Yeah. If the other partner asks you this and you're like, well, shit, uh, it makes you feel bad. But then by the end of the movie, that actually like the roles like flip. It's almost like, oh, I've found this new thing. And now it's like, I kind of really like it. And now I, I was so committed to you and you weren't, but now I feel like, I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting up a lot of people. My life's been actually pretty great. And the other person's like, no, 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 we should stop doing this now. <laughs> and, and there's like so much more to it than that. It gets, it goes off the rails. So yes, there's a uh, much drama to, to be held, my friend. So yeah, I highly recommend it. I'm pretty sure I saw it on Netflix. I'm looking at some of the stills. They look beautiful. Dude, so. this movie and it's, uh, I love them both so much. I could just watch them on a TV show. Like, if it was just like a, a, a dark comedy sitcom thing with those two, I'd, I'd love it. And his dumbass mustache. Oh, it's so good. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, nope, not really anyone I've seen before, which is not a bad thing. I think everyone does a really, really great job in this, uh, acting-wise. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say about it. Go see it. Wow. It's called Mark Mary plus some other people. Yeah, check it out. Jared, I watched a sequel. Squeakquel. In a film, a franchise that is not as prolific as Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street, but still, mm. it's one of those horror franchises that they just try to ring out. And I gave this one a shot because I really enjoy the original movie and i think they have a lot of potential um so i watched rings from 2017 what based off like the ringu series yeah oh so well and then that was remade in 2001 as the ring and then the ring 2 came out shortly after that so it's that trajectory that's the scary girl in the well right that yeah it comes out of the tv days? okay oh out of the tv yeah okay i got you so it came out in 2017 and it was just another, I mean, they, they did some really interesting stuff with the narrative. This professor, this college professor is holding like an unethical thing where he has his students watch the video and they have, he has them copy it and then show that to another student. And he's trying to oh. discover, he's trying to discover immortality through this notion of like, if I just get somebody to watch this and then they can show it to somebody else. Like it, it's so like the, the pseudoscience, right the pseudoscience like, in it is, crazy. it is crazy. But what bothered me about it is they still use all the same technologies, like the telephone, like the, the old corded telephone. Well, they use cell phones a little bit, but they still have corded telephones. They still have um, VHS tapes. Oh no, they don't have VHS tapes. They have um, files on, on a computer. So at least they're updating those. Files on a computer? Wow. Yeah, right? Talk about dated. Am I right? We, we're we all telepathically exchanging data. What, what bothers me is they did not include <laughs> social media, which ah. that seems like it is a huge, huge missed opportunity for The Ring because The Ring is all about, like, The Ring is social media. It's like... Put it on YouTube and everyone's dead. 
Exactly. <laughs> well, that's kind of what they apply by the end of it. Like they can't delete oh. it, and then it kind of emails to everybody, and everybody's like emailing her back. Ooh, cool video. And it's like, oh no, oh, she's. No. I spoiled so the whole funny. movie, but it's it's like it it really upset me that they like they could have done something with Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, but they well, didn't. Okay. Question for you, Dan. Did you enjoy the film? <laughs> I mean, I enjoy a lot. So yes, I enjoyed the Would film. Would a normal it, human enjoy this? Probably film? not. It was it was okay, stupid. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was like the the the, the quasi science was interesting, but it felt uh. so contrived. Like I'm like this doesn't make any fucking sense. I I I appreciate what you did, but you you did it wrong. Like I dude. I, I just had a good idea. What? what if they made a uh like a ring sequel where they capture the ring lady? They make her come out and then they somehow use like I don't know, pseudoscience or whatever, and they're able to trap her somewhere. <laughs> and then they bring her to a lab and they're studying her and then she breaks out and now she's out. She doesn't have to follow the rules. So she's just going around touching everyone and they all fucking die. Um, I won't spoil this, but um, you find Does out. That happen? No, you you find out the the you find out the origin of of the girl from the ring. Like oh. it goes into like how she came to be adopted, which was mm. so it, it makes sense with that. But like, and um, special appearance by uh, what's his name, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, I love him. Yeah. I love Vincent D'Onofrio. You can't, you can't recognize him in this movie. I'm like, really? Because I, I saw he was in it. I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I'm like, who was he? And I had a, I'm like, oh, he was that guy? Oh, fuck mm. yeah. He's a good actor. He can do it. He puts on a mustache. You're like, who the fuck is this piece of shit? You yeah. Know? You're like, well. Okay. So my next movie. It's done by a little known writer director. You've probably never heard of him. Guillermo del Toro. What? Oh, tell me you watch Nightmare Alley. I watched Nightmare Alley, mother. Nightmare Alley was it Nightmare good? Alley. Was it good? Uh, so you haven't seen it? I have not seen it. No. Okay. So apparently, Nightmare Alley is a remake of an old black and white film of the same name. Yes. So I'm interested in seeing the original. This film, it has Bradley Cooper as the dork man. There are so many good actors in this. Ron Perlman's in it. Fucking Tony Collette is in it. God damn, I love Tony Collette. Kate Blanchett is amazing in this. She's so good. I'm I'm like on a Kate Blanchett high. Like I just want to see everything she's been in. <laughs> I'm crazy about her right now. William Defoe is in it. There's just it's like everyone looked and said, "Oh, uh, is Guillermo del Toro making a film?" Yeah, I want to be in it. So okay, the film is about this man did something bad. He it seems to be a bad man. He goes to the carnival and he's like, I'm just going to hide out as a carny. And then he realizes, you know what? This carny life, I'm kind of good at it. Like tricking people and and uh, the art of illusion and sleight of hand. He's like, I want to kind of learn how to do this and I want to make it a thing. And he meets a girl there and they start to get involved. And he starts to use his newfound gifts of manipulation and mentalism uh he starts to to do it uh to use it to manipulate people like way way more than he should mm -hmm. uh and think about your modern like 
ghost mentalists and shit where they're like, oh, I'm speaking to your wife and oh, she says to give me a lot of money. So like a con man, he's becoming a real, real con man instead of just putting on a show. And and throughout the film, everyone is telling him, don't do that. It's dark. You're going to lead to a bad place. And so the film is about his progression. Progression. Being like the best in his field, like the top mentalist, everyone is respecting him. And then it starts to just go down, down, down because everyone finds out like, how much of like a sleazebag piece of shit, awful human being he is. Right. Now, I enjoyed this movie. I think it's really fun. And I think the pay, I guessed what the payoff was, unfortunately, because they set it up. It's, it's pretty obvious. Honestly, right. I think it's still a fun ending. The main issue I have with this film is it's too fucking long. How long is it? It's over two hours long, but, uh, can I get a runtime on this? Can I get a, Run Can I get a woo woo? Two hours and 20 minutes. By the time the first act is done, we've had an entire film. I'm just like, wow, that was a great film. And then the film kept going. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, there's more movie? Sure. So I just think it's, it's, I mean, I say this a million bajillion times, but it's, it's very difficult for a film, like the longer your film is, the better your film has to be. And I don't think this movie needed that much breathing room mm. because the characterizations of there's not much to the main character. There's not much to a lot. Of, they're all like pretty one note, like you get who they are and what they're about. So then it's all really about the scenes and how everything looks and like the fun play between the characters. So it's like just fucking I don't know. Just speed it up. Speed it up, movie. Dan, my question to you is like, am I being a little bitch? Okay, that's my question. Because I feel like this happens so often to me. But then I'll no, watch a film I mean, that is two hours, and I'm like, it flew by, and I loved it. It just it depends on the movie and it, how it tests your patience. Because like, I like to watch old you know, Japanese movies from the 60s, and some of them are good. Some of them, I like start to check my phone to read more about it. Some of them, I'm just like, I have to just turn this off because like it doesn't it's not doing it for me. Yeah. And it's like, even if something is super interesting, it's, you know, you start fidgeting, you're still like, okay, I mean, how much longer? Like, cause once I think what it is, is once I fully understand everything that's going on and I'm not being given any new information, we're just having scenes. Now I start to get having bored. scenes. Yeah. It's like, I've, I feel like I've unlocked the film and I'm waiting for the film to catch up to where I am. But overall it's enjoyable. It's just, uh, yeah, a little long, you know. Okay. I mean, well, Guillermo uh, del Toro does that. Yeah, he does that. He does that. Some pretty cool imagery in this. Better or worse than The Shape of Water? Oh, I love The Shape of Water. Yeah, me too. So The Shape of Water destroys this movie a thousand times over. Okay, cool. Uh, strangles it to death. Uh, yeah, but I mean, not not his worst film. I think, okay. I still think it's a solid film. <laughs> so my next film... Stars Naomi Watts. Oh my god. I saw Naomi Watts. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen her in anything. And this is 2019. Let me go ahead and watch that. Naomi Watts. So this film is called The Wolf Hour. And it's about a... The Wolf Hour. Yeah, it's about a woman who is residing in New York City in the 1977, you know, the Summer of Sam, whenever, like, the Son of Sam was a big thing and he was murdering people. But then... Wait, hold Dan, hold on. New York City. 
Okay, go ahead. So he's murdering people, but that's not the, that's just a reason why she shouldn't leave the apartment. And then like, she lives in kind of a ghetto area and like the, just there's escalating violence. Like the summer of sand ended in riots, basically Mm -hmm. in blackouts. Yeah. So it's a film set during that time. And what she is, is this author. She was like part of the counterculture movement. And she wrote this amazing book that was a bestseller. And she was super, um, it was polarizing. Like a lot of people hated it and she got on TV and then something happened that I'm not going to reveal, but she becomes an agoraphobe, right? Okay. So she doesn't leave her house after the success of her, her book. And she gets to a point where it's bad. And like her apartment's covered in trash. It's like her grandma's old place basically, but she won't leave. And the whole issue with this is there's somebody who is ringing her doorbell and it's this old 1970s doorbell and goes "Eh, eh," whenever you touch it and Mm -hmm. it's horrifying and because she'll go and she'll like say who is it like who's there and and it happens all throughout the night oh so this is like a classic like a repulsion kind of like paranoia so that's it was really good with that but then halfway through she gets back on her feet and she's she's like, I'm going to start writing again because I need money to pay the rent. Money will do that. That'll motivate you to get better. Like, maybe I should start working again because I well, need Well, because money. there's there's a bunch of scenes where, like, somebody, like, her her landlord's very efficient. He evicts people that don't pay rent. And, like, she, she'll, she like, there was one scene where she was looking out the hole and then the landlord was, was just evicting him. And then the landlord goes to her door and she just really quickly shoves the money under the door and then that was it. Oh, so the paranoia is great. The all in one room is great, which is surprising. The the sound box that this doorbell is making like it just it's so does it get annoying? Yes, but it's supposed to like Mm. not annoying. It doesn't get annoying. It gets frightening. Like it actually puts you in her shoes and you're like, why is she doing this? Or why is this person doing this to her? And I don't know. I like I it's hard to recommend because it does have a 4.9 on IMDb and I can understand mm-hmm. why it does have a 4.9, but it was still fun to watch. Like if you like Naomi Watts, then definitely watch it. If you like period pieces, definitely watch it because it was a really interesting look at Summer of Sam because instead of being outside where everything's going to hell, she's inside and she's having her own personal hell to get through. Okay, so how is the climax of this film? Do you think everything builds up in a way that is satisfactory? It's it's a slow build, slow build, slow build, and then a weird release. Hmm. It's like an awkward sneeze, maybe. I don't know. Huh. Interesting. All right. So my last film, Dan, is going to clearly be better than your last film oh, and more okay. interesting. And I have a I have such a really fun story. Oh, you don't understand, <laughs> man. I know I'm teasing you, but I'm actually very excited to hear what you're going to say. So I watched everything everywhere all at once. It was really, really, really good. I think everyone should see it at least one time. It's done by Dan Kwan and Daniel, uh, Daniels Scheinert, the guys who did, um, Swiss army man. My God. Oh, I love Swiss Army Man. I didn't know that was the same people. This stars M- Michelle Yu. Uh, it's Y-E-O-H. Michelle Me. Uh, 
no, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. She is wonderful. I fucking love her. The person who plays her husband is amazing. Everyone does an amazing, amazing, amazing job in this. Jamie Lee Curtis is in this yeah. as one of the villains. She's fucking spectacular. Oh, and then, so James Hong is in this, the guy from Big Trouble in Little China, the mm-hmm. villain. He's in this as grandpa. Oh my God. Um, so I just, I'm looking at the cast and there's a guy named Biff Whiff. That's his name as Rick. <laughs> and now all I want to do is know more about Biff Whiff. Biff Whiff. Biff Whiff is. B-I-F-F-W-I-F-F. That's a whiff of that Biff. He's been in many films <laughs> since 1986, but I am obsessed with Biff Whiff now. That's, that's my new favorite character. Anyways, this film is about a normal... A woman with her uh, her husband and her daughter, and she owns a laundromat, and her life is just kind of down in the dumps. It's just not, it's, everything's stagnated. She's not really connecting with her husband very well. She cannot connect with her daughter, like, basically both of the people in her life. She's, she's just, like, she's focusing more on work than making time for them and trying to understand where they're coming from, right? And her business is failing. Everything's going bad. And then suddenly... She is told that everything that's been going on right now doesn't fucking matter. And she needs to focus on this like Star Wars Terminator plot that's fucking happening with like alternate universes. I like I don't want to say too much of how it gets into that. She's almost like taken away on this magical journey. But every time she does, she gets pulled back into the real world. Mm -hmm. So it's. Should I even Dan? Okay. Do you want me to explain the madness about yes. what's going on in this? Okay. So her husband gets hijacked by a different version of her husband. <laughs> that person comes in. Yes. From a different reality to see her and tells her that she is the chosen one. And that there are people in different universes who are trying to stop this entity. And this entity is destroying all the other universes. And apparently she is the only one that is able to save the multiverse from this being. But they have to train her and keep her safe because this being wants to kill her. And there's a bunch of other stuff going on. And one of the gimmicks of, of the film is you can take abilities from your other selves in the other universes and use them for yourself. So like in an alternate universe, I was really, really good at Kung Fu. You can use a computer to lock in on that and then find a random event that you do in your timeline. So like, uh, let's say I, uh, I staple a post-it note to my head and, um, punch myself in the dick by doing something so randomly, that is the exact thing that will access my Kung Fu in a different timeline. And then I get that power. And now I know Kung Fu. Oh my God. What the fuck? (laughs) It is the coolest premise. And the, I'm, I've barely told you what's going on. Like this is just scratching the surface of how absurd. The most outlandish premise. Absurd. This movie gets it's so it's funny. It's charming. I cried during it. Um, It's extremely emotionally draining. It's unforgettable. So like when I saw the trailer to, you know, the Doctor Strange movie where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. infinite timelines, we could do whatever we want. But honestly, like with Marvel, they're too fucking or whatever. Marvel. I don't, yeah, I think it's Marvel. 
they're too fucking afraid to actually do anything interesting, right? They like yeah. they they're gonna it's gonna be some tame shit. Like we could go to any multiverse we ever wanted, and it's like, oh great, it's like the same planet but orange or something. You know, it's gonna be something boring. <laughs> yeah. Like who gives a fuck? So this film delivers on what I thought Doctor Strange was going to be. At, really, like, okay. it's so outlandish and just fucking ridiculous. The only con I would say is this: I cannot watch this movie again. It's too intense. I watched it in the theater, and I was just like. Oh my god, it's it's draining. Like at by the end of it, it is a long film. I didn't really feel the length, but yeah, it's spectacular. Go see it. I definitely want to see it now. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Wonderful story. One some of the best special effects I've seen in a long, 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 long time. It's it's like a triumph of special effects and like camera tricks. Like just the wow. shit they do, it's just outrageous. It's a marvel. Uh marvel so yeah, go see of it. Modern cinema. Be sure to look out for Biff Whiff as Rick, uh, real Biff standout Whiff. character. <laughs> I don't even remember who that character was. Biff Whiff. But I love his name so much. Uh, yeah. S- great. Good movie. Go ahead, Dan. Jared. The hype. I don't know where to start. With the hype movie. is building. building. I, I, I went on to Amazon uh-huh. and I'm like, I'm going to watch this movie because it looks like a movie I want to watch. Yeah. That's what's what you do. That's good. That's a good start. But it's not a movie that you would want to watch. It's a, it's oh. one of those movies that I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking watch this movie. Uh huh. Right. I mean, before I tell you the title of it. Oh God. Okay. Cocktease. This movie has Laura Dern. Okay. Charlie Sheen. Okay. And George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> All together in one scene. Wait, 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 I think you told me what this movie was and I forget no, the name of it. I not. I just figured this out last night. So really? the way the film is made, right? It It's it's like all this amazing, like the credit sequences, all this B-roll of just the wilderness where, you know, things happen, basically. And then in gold letters, it says George Clooney. And then more B-roll and gold letters, Laura Dern. And, more, and it's like all over the screen. And then Charlie Sheen. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why is this? Okay, first of all, I thought this movie was from the 80s, which it is. But I'm like, okay, this is weird. And then we see these three stars. Mm-hmm. Right? Fucking? And no, they're, 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 um, two of them are about to fuck. Laura Dern and Charlie Hell Sheen. Yes. No, no, no. Laura Dern and George Clooney are about to fuck. And Charlie Sheen, weirdly, is playing a nerdy character. And they're out camping. And, um, Charlie Sheen is like, whatever, guys, don't make too much noise when you're fucking. And he goes away. And then they What's start. What's the name to, of this film? <laughs> they start to fuck. And then they're attacked by, and, and killed, attacked and killed by a giant demon grizzly bear. What? And that's the first five minutes of the movie. What do you mean demon? They call it... No, they they, they refer to this bear many times in the film as devil bear. <laughs> Does it look like a devil bear? No, the name of this film is called Grizzly 2, The Revenge. What? So it's, it's a sequel to Grizzly, which came out in 76, the year after Jaws, because they were trying to capitalize on creature features. Now, this film... <laughs> This film is made in the 80s, but it has, it like, 
all of the footage that was filmed has been rendered high definition, so it looks so strange. Like it's old camera, but it looks like it's so crisp and perfect. I'm like, this looks this looks weird. And then they intersperse that with shots of like B roll shots of grizzly bears and shitty special effects because oh Jared, God. this film has a tumultuous history. Are you ready to hear it? Yes, this film looks amazing, by the way. I'm looking at it right now. It's on Amazon. You can watch it anytime you want. And I do recommend but it. Says it says 2020 was the release. Because. Is that part of it? Yes. So the original film was made in the 1980s. And they were filming it in Budapest, where it was communist controlled at the time. Mm -hmm. So they decided to put on this gigantic concert because they wanted a concert to be the, the main thing that the bear attacks like this Woodstock type thing. Yeah. So they actually set up a concert. They have bands playing there and then they have a band that they made specifically for the film. But the whole film is just basically bear scientists talking or arguing about whether they should kill the bear or let the bear live because the bear has killed people and it should die. But it is a bear and we should protect it. So George Clooney and Laura Dern die in the first five minutes? Very unknown actors at this time. Wow. 1983. So, but That's the amazing. Way, but the way it's it's pitched in the actual credit sequence is like, these characters are in the, like these actors are in the movie and they die That's immediately. So funny. Anyway. So... <laughs> What happened in this film was there was this guy who is infamous for being a total asshole and wasting a bunch of money. He's a producer. I forgot his name. But basically, he gets all this money, starts the production, and as soon as the production starts, he lets the um, other producer know the next day that, oh, by the way, there's no more money for the production. I'm bailing. <laughs> and it's up to this woman to be like, okay, uh... I don't know, like, what are we going to do? Like, I, I now I have to, because the guy literally bailed. He only told, he didn't even tell her. He told her husband, who then told her that, oh, yeah, your producer but he friend. he stole money, though, right? He didn't steal money. He just, like, he overestimated how much it was going to cost, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Anyway, he dips out. And then this woman, by a miracle, gets a half-million-dollar fundraiser or a half-million-dollar stake from a... Japanese surgeon living in California. That's how you do it. You gotta find a whale. He fucking funds it and they finish it. But like what is weird about it is they basically got permission to film this concert that they constructed themselves in communist Budapest. And they didn't get like all of the proper permits for it. So the government of Budapest seized all the footage. Oh my God. And they were in legal battles for years over it. So by the late 1980s, they got Fucking the footage back. Budapest. Yeah, the, the late 1980s, they got the footage back and then Canon decided that they were going to produce it. Not Canon cameras, but Canon production company. They were around in the 1980s. Anyway, they were going to do something with it, but then they went bankrupt. And then it all just kind of floated around until like 2012, whenever the, the producer lady, she's like, I have to finish this film. Otherwise, Dude, I'm not going to be able to die in peace. This concert is huge, by the way. Dude. This is not like Yeah, 50,000 50, people concert. It's huge. 
And some of the bands are shitty. Like the band that they used for the the film, like they created the band is terrible. And there were maybe two of them that were like Hmm. that. But then some of them are like fucking really awesome prog rockers from Scandinavia. It's like, what the fuck? What am I listening to? It's amazing. Um, I want to see this movie so bad. I I can't recommend it because it's a terrible movie, but I can recommend it because of how it's so bizarre looking because you have high def, like remastered footage from the 1980s combined with um, B-roll from 2020 of a bear, shitty special effects of a bear getting shot. And they they have like maybe 30 seconds worth of the, the demon bear clip which is just, you know, they would use at the end of the movie, the animatronic bear. So they keep showing that over and over again, but then they also keep showing a live action bear over and over again, just roaring in the camera. And dude, if you didn't think it was going to get good enough, John Rice Davies. Yes, I know. Yeah. (laughs) He plays a French Canadian bear hunter. (laughs) Dude. Who refers to himself in the third person the entire movie. Wonderful, wonderful. The characters in this are so like scraggly and gross looking. There's a guy who looks like the Wolfman. I think he's like a sheriff. He looks fucking crazy. He's got this giant feathered hair. Everyone looks like Looney Tunes in this. The whole time you've been explaining this film, my mouth has been open and I've been shaking my head <laughs> just looking yes. at images and I'm just like, what is happening? The the film, like, it feels weird while you're watching it because they have footage from the 1980s, which is the core film, and then they intersperse it with footage from 2020. And you're like, what? Is, and they make it work. Like I said, the the footage from the 1980s, they, they really doctored and it looks like it's you know, modern day footage. It's but it's weird. so funny because you look at how they're all dressed in their yeah, hair exactly. and you're like, that's, it's so 80. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I recommend everybody watch it just for the sake oh of my seeing God. an insane production. Like it takes, it's a film 40 years in the making and it's fucking grisly too. Like, there are 94 <laughs> images on IMDb and these shots are so good. Yeah. There's a it shot is. with a bear and his mouth is open and there's a fake squib going off like a CGI yeah, squib. They, they, they show that him. like they show that three times. It's like, okay, we get it. The bear shot. Oh, it's so stupid. Oh, the puppet bear. <laughs> this is like Night of the Lepus on crack. I'm so excited. Yeah, it, it is insane. So it, you can find it on Amazon. I definitely recommend trying to check it out. Whenever you're drunk one night, maybe. Oh, this is a great, this is like a great get your friends together and get drunk and watch this stupid movie. Yeah. I am in love with this film. I'm in love with it. I'm just staring at the stills. I feel like these 94 images are already telling me the story, you know, the story of love and romance and Laura Dern. There's not much story. There's really not much story at all. Uh, wow. Holy shit, Dan. Um, Promise and Delivered. Uh, this film That's right. is amazing. I am so excited to see it. Yeah, I f- shit. Let's just end it on that. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. Guys, you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. Um, check out our Patreon. $1, $2, $1, $3, $5. $5-foot-long. $5-foot-long. The $5-foot-longs are for the filmmakers who um, send us films. We give them Subway sandwiches, and we ask them to pay us $5 so we can review them faster. Yeah. 
I want you to do yourself a favor and scroll down on the IMDb page of Grizzly 2 Revenge and look at the more like this section because there are some amazing gems in here. One's called Tammy and the T-Rex, which I... Oh yeah, I've, 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 I haven't seen that, but Rift Chat covered that once. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> yeah. It looks so good. <laughs> it's from like the 90s. Yeah, I want to see that eventually. It's got Denise Richards in it and Paul Walker. <laughs> Yeah. So good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening so much. I appreciate you. Uh, check out the necropodicon.com if you want to, you know, come and hang out with us on the Discord, all that nonsense. Uh, wow, I'm just, I'm drowning in bad movies that I want to see right now. And I, it's hard for me to even speak. But uh, thank you again. Dan, you have the final word. Bad movies are my bread and butter. Whenever I eat my bread and butter, I like to have bad movies on. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.